Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 101.1 FM The Revolution. Speaking of Travel is powered by our strategic partners, the Asheville Regional Airport. You know, your trip should not start with a road trip. Take the easy way out and plan your next trip at flyavl.com and by Appalachian Realty. You know, they've been helping people call Asheville home since 1979. That's visit AppalachianRealty.com. Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park, where you can see one of the highest waterfalls east of the Mississippi. That's ChimneyRockPark.com. And Private Italy Tours. You know you want to go to Italy. Everybody has Italy on their bucket list, and 2019 tours are available now. So just go. That's private-italy.com. And don't forget to visit the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net. And sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. I've got a lot of big news happening this year, and I want you to sign up so you can be sure to get... Get those newsletters and information out there. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. All right, so let me ask you this. What if there was a resource available where adventures are handpicked from partners and communities all over the world, ones that offer something a little different and a genuine chance to experience local life? Well, good news, my speaking of travel friends. Today, Aton Elderman and Marco Bollinger, co-founders of Local Travel, which is a booking platform for culturally immersive experiences and sustainable lodging around the world, are speaking to us from L.A., and they just released a documentary called 2.5%, The Osa Peninsula. Amazingly, Costa Rica's Osa Peninsula contains 2.5% of the world's biodiversity on less than one millionth of the planet's surface. Welcome to the show, Aton and Marco. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Uh, yeah, we're happy to be here. Awesome. So let me ask you guys, which came first, kind of the chicken or the egg? Did the documentary come first or the company? So for us, the the company was a product of the time on the ground spent producing the documentary. Uh, what we learned while, you know, living in rural Costa Rica and the rainforest of the Osa Peninsula uh, led us to understand that there was an opportunity uh, to build something like local travel. So five years ago, when we went down to Costa Rica to make a film about rainforest conservation and how tourism impact can potentially either positively or negatively affect this really fragile environment, we didn't fully understand the concept of community tourism or local tourism. Through our time on the ground and producing the film, community tourism and supporting the local economy really became the thesis of the film, uh, we discovered that there's, you know, hundreds of local tour operators and providers just 
in in, coast, in southern Costa Rica that are looking for uh, travelers and that have amazing products that can't really connect uh, super well with consumers because uh, maybe, I mean, se- several issues, but, you know, maybe they don't have the trust that larger corporations have or they don't know how to, they don't have the resources to market themselves super well. Um, and so that's from understanding that is where local travel uh, was born and the opportunity to create this booking platform really surged. So when you were in Costa Rica, when you decided that you were going to so are you both? Let's get this out, too. You're both filmmakers. Is that your background? Yeah, we're both filmmakers. Uh, as a matter of fact, Aiton and I met freshman year of the dorms at UCLA and have been, uh, you know, good friends since. Uh, we've become a lot closer since we both kind of... This documentary we made was a bit of a passion project. Both of us, you know, always traveled and were interested in inspiring uh, other travelers to travel the way that we did, you know, kind of engaging with local communities and, and uh, you know really doing more of educational travel, kind of, you know, looking for a more meaningful and purposeful way of exploring the world. And we decided to make a short documentary. We were, you know, originally looking to make something around 10 to 12 minutes. Um, we did a, some pretty crazy stuff. We, we crowdfunded the film uh, back five years ago doing uh, a, a media stunt that went viral online where we dressed up as rainforest animals and danced uh, for what ended up being 107 hours. Um, and and that, that stunt actually helped us raise the 30 plus thousand dollars to make the film. Uh, and eventually that led us to, you know, staying down there for almost half of that year, producing what became a feature documentary about the Osa Peninsula and eventually led us to join forces with our other business partners and launch local. And so when you went down there to film that, uh, to, to do this passion documentary and you had done this uh, amazing stunt, I mean, what made you even think about dressing up like rainforest animals? Was that something that came to you in a, in a dream? What made you think of doing that? <laughs> we, we might have dreamt part of it, but I think... <laughs> Part of it was also um, a precedent that had been set by a couple other crowdfunding campaigns uh, that we had noticed had also done pretty ridiculous stunts. Uh, For example, uh, a friend of ours walked on a treadmill for 50 hours straight without getting off and until his project got funded. Uh, And, you know, just we saw what... You know, that, that type of urgency and, and live stream and connection with, you know, like the actual founder of the company who was in serious pain walking on a treadmill. People wanted to help him get off that treadmill. And we wanted, you know, we thought, what, what can we do that, to create the same kind of sense of urgency, uh, you know, that's tied into, you know, what, what we're doing, which, you know, is rainforest conservation. So dressing up like rainforest animals and decorating a room like, rainforest attire, like rainforest gear, uh, and, and dancing, we thought it would be some kind of 
good stunt. Yeah, I mean, it was it was the idea that, uh, as Aton mentioned, you know, if you live stream something and put yourself in a situation that the audience has to get you out of, um, it was seeming to work. Um, you know, and the, as Aton mentioned, you know, the the live streaming was a big part of it. You know, by the end of it, when we went viral, you know. People were call, entire offices were calling in, uh, requesting songs. That was part of the deal. Was that for five bucks or more uh, as a donation, you were able to request a song, and we had to dance to it. So, you know, we we really tried to come up with something that was silly, fun, engaging, uh, so on and so forth. To be honest, I, you know, all of the other campaigns we had seen hadn't lasted more than 48 or 50 hours, and we thought we could handle that. I think we both ended up with some mild form of PTSD from four and a half days of being awake, standing, and attempting to dance to Macarena, Thriller, and the Chicken Dance. Oh, man. Is, is that still up? I mean, can people go and see that? Oh, no, but that was live-streamed, uh, so what, right? What, pe- what people can see uh, is a two-minute newscast <laughs> that aired on the Costa Rican National News. Uh, they did a story on us uh, day four where we video Skyped with the Costa Rican National News Channel 9 and uh, Marco and his Scarlet Macaw mask and me and my sea turtle mask on on video skype talking to the costa rican news um and they did a story on us and and uh so that is available and it's it's actually visible on our uh vimeo and our youtube site so you guys can you know there's links on the local travel website to uh to get there. Okay. The well, when we come back from the break, I want to I want to start right there and, and have you give us those uh, those links so we can be looking at it while we're listening. Thank you so much, Aton and Marco. We'll be back in just a minute. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park's annual pass holders can look forward to endless adventures. The outcroppings trail to the park's iconic chimney is the ultimate stairmaster. Hike with your kids to Hickory Nut Falls, one of the tallest waterfalls east of the Mississippi, or take the new Skyline Trail to the top of the mountain. Pass holders are treated to exclusive events as well as special deals at the park and area attractions. Upgrade your day ticket to an annual pass during your visit. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office 
is on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. The gravel crunches under your shoes. Steam rises from a cup of fresh Italian cafe. The light, cool morning air lightly brushes your face. Your villa stands close by. This and so much more awaits you as one of the few lucky travelers to join Private Italy Tours during one of their unique and intimate small group tours. Come home again to Italy with Private Italy Tours. 2019 dates are now available. Visit private-italy.com. Private Italy Tours is a proud sponsor of Speaking of Travel. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars my guests today are Aton Elterman and Marco Bollinger. They're co-founders of Local, that's L-O-K-A-L, Local Travel, a booking platform for culturally immersive experiences and sustainable lodging all over the world. You guys, thank you so much. What a fun story hearing how you did your your crowdsourcing and being able to fund your documentary and staying up for hours and hours. What did you say it was a... Uh, 107 hours my word yeah. <laughs> yeah that was it was honestly i think both of us can say it was the hardest thing either of us ever did um yeah it was it was it was a challenging endeavor to say the least I, i'm pretty sure speaking for myself it took me two or three months to get right after that <laughs> and then how long after that did you get prepared to get going down there to do this we spent two months in pre-production uh, after that stunt, um, you know, both wrapping up, you know, we had to get all the, uh, the perk, you know, fulfill all the, you know, the T-shirts and, and photo books and, and all the things yeah, that people... The rewards for people that contributed. We had, to, we had to get all that stuff in order and send that out. We packed our bags. And uh, we were down in the OSA uh, starting production two months later. Uh, our original plan was a month of pre-production on the ground, scouting characters and the story, and a month of production. Um, we ended up staying down there for almost six months instead and completely falling in love with this absolutely magical place. I mean, to put it in perspective... Uh, my family's from Peru, and I've been to the Amazon uh, several times. And while the Amazon is incredible, the wildlife can be harder to see. It's a giant rainforest that hides. It's got plenty of space to move around. Uh, the Osa on on you know uh, on the other side is is this little peninsula where all these animals, all this wildlife, all this biodiversity is kind of trapped where it is. So you just have a much higher uh, chance of getting to see things like cats and tapirs 
and uh, you know entire tribes of monkeys, all four you know species of monkeys are down there, uh, which is super rare for all four species of monkeys to be in one small area like that. That's not a you know a lot of people go just because of that uh, to those peninsula. It's you know pretty special to see you know such a wide variety of of biodiversity and uh, you know really a, a lot of there's there's so much synergy between the different elements as well you know you, we've learned so much about how the ants support the trees that support the birds and you know and then the ants you know like live in the in the in the fur of the tapir and the birds like pick the ants out and they they're doing like the tapir favor and they're like giving the the tapir like a a massage and you see these birds on top of the animal and it's just like stuff that you just would never think you would see like coexistence you know between all these different species and really uh you get a, a first-hand look into, into kind of the beauty of of our, our natural wonders and natural world it's really an incredible place in that respect well, when you got down there and you started to recognize that this was going to be so much more than what you had originally planned, uh, meeting the people, and I want to talk about the people and, and the people that you met and are in the documentary, but what, um, what really, I mean, how did you start to change the direction of how you, the documentary was going to unfold? In other words, when you first went there, were you thinking that it was going to be 2.5% around that particular um, information? Well, so we went down uh, because basically around the same time, the Costa Rican government announced plans to build an international airport in the OSA and develop the region for tourism. Um, and we, you know, we had just started diving into the idea of sustainable travel and, and researching. And obviously we're, we were, you know, intrigued uh, and, and, and wondering what would happen to this incredibly fragile place. So the, the original idea was to go down and explore, you know, what life was like, how, how special this place was and potentially do a little bit of comparison with what had happened in the north. Um, northern Costa Rica and Guanacaste when they built the international airport there about 25 years ago. Um, essentially what happened was we realized that the, the situation was far more complex than we had ever imagined. You know, it's not, I think a lot of people assume that a place like this is, you know, perfect if we leave it alone. Uh, and what we learned was that there was a lot of economic uh, and social pressures already going on down there that were causing degradation of the rainforest. Uh, you know, there's, it's one of the poorest regions in Costa Rica, so, and there's not a lot of work. So a lot, although the locals do care about the rainforest, in order to survive, to feed their families, they oftentimes have to resort to semi- uh, destructive practices, whether it's logging or, or gold panning and mining, uh, hunting for food, these, these various different things. There's also huge corporate pressure going on. Uh, I, I don't know if your listeners are familiar with African palm fruit, 
but African palm is uh, what uh, palm oil is made from. It's in most of the products you find in the supermarket, uh, many of the vegetable oils you cook with, and has become, uh, it has surpassed cattle now as the number one reason for chopping down prime rainforest. Um, I think it's almost 60% of the Indonesian rainforest has now been converted to African palm, and, and, and that's, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the third largest rainforest in the world. Um, so th- that was, you know, these complications led us to decide to stay longer and start exploring deeper. And once you stayed and you delved in deeper, you realized that there was so much more that you could do, right? we started to understand the landscape and really, uh, you know, start talking to the the diverse local communities and the the different players on the ground, uh, we started to understand that the, you know, that the answer potentially or the solution to conservation was not a hard no to development, but finding some kind of really, uh, you know, solid compromise for, for both sides. And I think that that is what, you know, low-impact tourism, community tourism, sustainable tourism, that's what that achieves. It, it gives, you know, the tourism industry an opportunity to grow, but to grow at, you know, a, a very small, you know, pace, uh, create low impact, and also be very, uh, you know, cognizant and aware of the local communities. Um, incorporating, you know, often marginalized communities, incorporating them into the tourism industry as opposed to excluding them from that. So once we understood that there was an opportunity to promote this type of tourism uh, that not only provides travelers amazing local experiences, it also provides local communities with you know, uh, economic resources and alternatives to, you know, a lot of the examples that Marco gave that that are more destructive practices, we realized that community tourism was a great answer for uh, helping conserve this region. And not only, you know, not only, you know, in a hypothetical, but very practical, because there's a lot of communities and a lot of local people that are already doing this. They just didn't have the travelers coming to visit them so they already said they had the product and so that is you know really where the film you know got us to and from there we you know you know like i said earlier uh understood that there was an opportunity to build a booking platform like local that is awesome and when we come back let's get started right back there thank you both for being on the show today this is Marilyn Ball you're listening to Speaking of Travel we'll be right back This is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport and I have a travel tip for you today Have you ever been waiting at the airport and realized that the battery bar on your phone was in the red, but you also needed to get some work done that required plugging in your computer? Perhaps you have a travel buddy who also needs to plug in, and then you start to look for a power outlet. 
That's when you notice that every outlet is in use. And sometimes one person is using four plugs for all of their devices. While airports do offer power plugs for passenger use, sometimes finding just one available is the best you can do. A new trend in travel is to bring a small power strip with multiple plug outlets with you in your carry-on luggage. That way, when you finally locate an available outlet, you're all set. And you won't be that traveler who hogs the power outlets. Thanks for listening to this tip from Asheville Regional Airport. When you fly home, you're home. Leave ordinary behind with a visit to Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park. Surround yourself with breathtaking views of Lake Lure and the Hickory Nut Gorge while enjoying six hiking trails, rock climbing with Fox Mountain Guide instructors, and Animal Discovery Den, unique events, and more. Whether you're new to hiking or a seasoned pro, there's something for everyone at The Rock. To plan your next Chimney Rock adventure, visit ChimneyRockPark.com to see an online trail map and a listing of the park's upcoming events. Any real estate company's success is a reflection of its attention and care provided to its clients. Appalachian Realty Associates are proven to have the best agents around. And if you're looking for a place in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Whether your trip to Italy reminds you of days past, a honeymoon, or a long-ago backpacking trip, come home again to Italy with Private Italy Tours. Picture your own private villa or four-star hotel, private guides who speak and understand the local culture, and days planned for your ease and comfort. This and so much more awaits you during one of their unique and intimate small group tours. 2019 dates are now available. Visit private-italy.com. Private Italy Tours is a proud sponsor of Speaking of Travel. Leave ordinary behind with a visit to Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park. Surround yourself with breathtaking views of Lake Lure and the Hickory Nut Gorge while enjoying six hiking trails, rock climbing with Fox Mountain Guide instructors, and Animal Discovery Den, unique events, and more. Whether you're new to hiking or a seasoned pro, there's something for everyone at The Rock. To plan your next Chimney Rock adventure, visit ChimneyRockPark.com to see an online trail map and a listing of the park's upcoming events. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. It is time to join up with Doc Lawrence on the Gourmet Highway, and this week he is in the hometown of one of my favorites, Jimmy Buffett, right down in Mobile, Alabama. Blah, that was a mouthful. Mobile, Alabama. Hey, Doc, I've always wanted to visit down there, so you have to fill us in. Hello, Marilyn, from Margaritaville. No, not Key West, not this time, but Mobile, Alabama. This is the birthplace and hometown of Jimmy Buffett. Mr. Margaritaville, I love to visit this ancient and truly beautiful port city. This is the Gulf Coast that we all yearn to visit. The first and oldest Mardi Gras, Maryland, is celebrated here. This was originally a French settlement, and the influences of old Europe are just everywhere. You can see it in the lattice work on the balconies, the way the streets are aligned. 
the construction of the houses, the, the architecture, the gardens, and they're everywhere. I'm booked in at the Admiral Hotel, but you know, years ago, this was called the Admiral Sims Hotel, and it was named after the great commander of the CSS Alabama that battled off the coast of Cherbourg, France, and was sunk there. Elvis always stayed here at the Admiral Hotel, and that's why I stay here. If it's good enough for the king, it's good enough for Doc. Mobile, Maryland is both historic and modern. It reminds me a little bit of St. Augustine, Florida. Dolphine Street is one of the main drags, and it will take you back to the early 1700s of America. History, the place is loaded with it. Let's go on over to Battleship Island. It's in Mobile Bay, and tour the imposing USS Alabama, the old battleship that is permanently anchored here. What a thrill to tour this. What a reminder of the great sailors that helped conquer the Japanese in World War II and give America its freedom. Mobile is a food lover's paradise, but I'm very partial, Marilyn, to Felix's Fish Camp. Been going there since I was a kid, an undergraduate at Florida State, which is not very far from here. The best crab cakes in North America. Fried shrimp, royal oysters, you can't beat it. And I'll tell you one thing, if you're looking for a sunset to remember the rest of your life, come to Felix's. They've got it. After hours, well, they rock the night away. There's live music seven nights a week here and some of the best bands you will ever hear. Mobile is the childhood home of two baseball greats, hammering Hank Aaron of the Atlanta Braves and the great Satchel Page, the pitcher that Babe Ruth said was the best he ever faced in his career. Also, Satchel gave us some Americana. He's the man that said, never look back. Someone might be gaining on you. Love like you've never been hurt before. Walk, never run. Mobile is a gem for a vacation, whether it's an individual or a family. There's so much to do here. This is a walking town. You can walk to the opera, the symphony. You can tour the Carnival Museum where they have all the great floats and the great costumes of their Mardi Gras, again, the oldest in America. This is a place that welcomes anyone. The bay is gorgeous. They have cruise ships that are docked here. What in the world don't they have here? You know, I think I just saw Jimmy Buffett come in, headed over to the bar. Marilyn, I better get moving. It's time to say goodbye for now from Mobile, Alabama. This is Doc Lawrence along the Gourmet Highway for Marilyn Ball. And speaking of travel, saying so long for now, and I hope to see you in your city soon. Oh, my God, Doc, that is amazing. What a grand place. I'm really uh, jonesing right now for some crab cakes and raw oysters. And, you know, I think the shrimp, they're beginning to boil. Well, you have fun down there, Doc, and we'll catch up with you next week on the Gourmet Highway. Well, we're here today with Aton and Marco. They're talking to us about their documentary, 2.5%, the Osa Peninsula down in Costa Rica and also their company, Local Travel, L-O-K-A-L. So, Aton and, and Marco, I've done a bit of uh, 
I went down your rabbit hole of local travel because there's so much to do. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the transition of when you were in Costa Rica and you were developing this um, documentary, you were producing the documentary and starting to recognize uh, the benefits of community sustainable tourism. How did that start to unfold into your travel company? Well, so I think I should explain a little bit of, of where some of the negative impacts of tourism come, because that led us to realize how powerful community tourism was as an alternative. So, uh, you know, from a, from a thousand feet, basically over the last 50 years, uh, countries have given tax incentives to corporations to build larger hotels. This has then been used by development groups, you know, investment groups, land speculation groups, to essentially build, uh, say, something like golf courses or large resorts. This is where the real money is, and this is what's happened in a lot of northern Costa Rica, where they have, I believe, over 100 golf courses. Um, the money in that is that these uh, the, these investment groups can come in, buy these large tracts of undeveloped land, build a golf course, and sell a hundred two million dollar homes on these golf courses, uh, taking advantage of these tax incentives. The problem is that suddenly you have entire swaths of Costa Rica and Central America and countries all around the world where nobody really lives there anymore. Nobody goes to the schools anymore. No one developed the land or or the activities or the tourism or the infrastructure with any kind of long-term plan or thinking about the sustainability of of the forests in the area, the oceans in the area. Um, You end up with these very transitory communities that are just people who have vacation homes. And, And in contrast, Community tourism or, or allowing the locals to be the stewards of not just their land, but also the growth of the tourism economy in that place uh, means that the locals are in charge of deciding what it's going to look like, how fast it's going to grow, how travelers get to interact with that forest, with that local community, and it maintains a much more authentic feel to that place. Um, not to mention the, the slower growth allows, you know, the next generation of locals to, you know, grow up and become the guides and, and, and really build, build a type of tourism economy that can keep the integrity of the culture, the community, and the environment intact for generations to come. And you focused on one family? How did you do that when you were down there? So, I think day one, literally day one, we were picked up from the uh, small landing strip, the small airport there in the ocean in Puerto Jimenez, and and picked up by a contact of ours who worked for the, um, for a nonprofit, the Corcovado Foundation, and took us to a uh, a workshop of 13 families that were being trained by the Corcovado Foundation and the Neotropica Foundation to be, to be the first rural tourism or community tourism cooperatives in the Osa Peninsula. So 
there was, there was, I think there, there was about a $2 million budget uh, to uh, work with these families uh, and train them on how to build some kind of tourism project on their land. And we were, we, we met fa- like families that were working towards that objective day one uh, in the Osa Peninsula and uh, were invited to visit a few projects from, you know, from that time, you know, at the workshop. And uh, from there, we, we became close with, with one family in particular, the Villalobos family and, and Carlos. They run a, a, you know, a canoe trip in a private lagoon to go bird watching. You can watch, you know, they, they say there's up to 20 different species of birds. It's a beautiful lagoon in the rainforest. They also have horseback riding to, and, and hiking to, you know, waterfalls and watering holes and, you know, hike through the jungle and taste cacao or taste a fruit called clovo or, you know, different, um, you know, tropical fruits that uh, are local to the Osa Peninsula. Well, hold that thought right there. We're going to go to break. When we come back, let's pick up right there. Okay. All right. Awesome. This is Marilyn Ball. We'll be right back. The gravel crunches under your shoes. Steam rises from a cup of fresh Italian cafe. The light, cool morning air lightly brushes your face. Your villa stands close by. This and so much more awaits you as one of the few lucky travelers to join Private Italy Tours during one of their unique and intimate small group tours. Come home again to Italy with Private Italy Tours. 2019 dates are now available. Visit private-italy.com. Private Italy Tours is a proud sponsor of Speaking of Travel. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park's annual pass holders can look forward to endless adventures. The outcroppings trail to the park's iconic chimney is the ultimate stairmaster. Hike with your kids to Hickory Nut Falls, one of the tallest waterfalls east of the Mississippi, or take the new skyline trail to the top of the mountain. Pass holders are treated to exclusive events as well as special deals at the park and area attractions. Upgrade your day ticket to an annual pass during your visit. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on 
Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Today we're talking to Eitan Elterman and Marco Bollinger. They're with Local Travel, and we're talking about their uh, documentary, 2.5%, The Oso Peninsula. Eitan, before the break, we were talking about how you connected with uh, uh, the people who live there down in the in Osa and how you connected with them and and the people that you met in this one particular family finish up on that thought because that was really a beautiful thing yeah so 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 connecting with with the Villalobos family Carlos and Johnson and going on you know a hike into the jungle and um, you know that really was the first time that we had experienced community tourism and it was, you know, our aha moment, you know, for all intents and purposes where we realized uh, how amazing this type of travel is. I know for myself, it was one of the most amazing travel experiences I'd ever had. I think I can speak for Marco as well. It was uh, transformative in every sense of the word. It actually was, you know, the beginning of, the beginning of, of local. Uh, so there was a very, it was an extremely powerful um, moment, and, and that family we're still very close with to this day. And it was the nonprofit that that actually drove, literally drove you right there into this uh, experience that turned out to be so transformative. Let's talk a little bit more about that, because you were mentioning these nonprofits in Costa Rica, and it sounds like they are everywhere. How, how does that even work? Well, so, yeah, that, that was, you know, that was our second aha moment, that there was a real business here. Um, we, we started to realize that this nonprofit that had educated these families, organized them into community cooperatives and so on and so forth, were all over the world. And they, uh, as we dug deeper into researching, we realized that these massive international NGOs, USAID, the Peace Corps, Conservation International, the list goes on and on, but hundreds of millions of dollars in economic development money had been dumped into community tourism because everyone was seeing it as a potential economic engine in the developing world. The problem was that being NGOs, uh, you know, with great intentions, no one ever thought of how to get the product to market. No one ever thought about these communities, how to connect them to travelers. And in the end, there were, there were as Eitan mentioned earlier, there were, there were some issues. You know, some of these communities don't all speak English. Um, some of them are not online every day. So they can't be on Airbnb or TripAdvisor. These platforms don't really work. Uh, our, our little aha moment was in working with the nonprofits, actually, uh, to, to help us make these experiences bookable on the ground. You know, through the nonprofits and their cooperatives and the associations, the kind of organized groups, we're able to tap people who do speak English, who are online, who can manage the bookings and be able to offer this up to the world. That is really great. And tell us the website link to get to local travel. Yeah, so it's local with a K, L-O-K-A-L, travel.com. 
is is the website. Um, that's that's the platform where you can see everything from what we call our local adventures, which are trips that a- often Aton and myself actually guide. We have a really spectacular trip down to the Osa to visit these families that are in the film that where we, you know, it's kind of become a second home for us, uh, as well as. Um, yeah, actually, the next trip we're doing is in December. Um, you can also search the platform for experiences. We're live in 29 countries around the world, uh, a lot of South, uh, Southeast Asia, all of Central and South America, and a few other countries. Uh, you know, we, we just launched an amazing experience with the only indigenous tribe in Europe up in Norway, reindeer herders. Uh, so really, really amazing, unique stuff um, that, you know, our goal is to support these communities. You know, 80% of what you spend with us goes directly to the community. That's our, that's our mission. Uh, and it's directly in opposition to the main mass tourism fact that is driving all the negative impacts of tourism uh, is that less than 5% of what travelers spend on average makes it to local communities. So we're really trying to turn that paradigm, that situation on its head and ensure and help travelers ensure that when they visit somewhere, they know that their money is going to a sustainable, supportive uh, uh, destination. And let's just talk a little bit about the people, because, you know, 29 countries, small villages, um, uh, you know, very local people. How are you finding uh, the people uh, as far as um, being uh, just nice people? Are they overall, do you find these villagers to be um, welcoming and supportive of, of all of this? Yeah, so, so one, of the, uh, one of the main things, you know, that, we're, that, we're, that we hope local provides travelers is that element of, of trust and, and safety, um, you know, because, yeah, oftentimes, you know, going to rural villages, or, you know, off the beaten path destinations, uh, you might not know exactly what you're getting yourself into. Uh, We do that, you know, we do the vetting uh, for you. So we make sure that the, you know, the local regional tour operator is uh, operating, you know, at a high level and has good reviews and, um, uh, we make sure that, you know, the community cooperative is a, you know, vetted, uh, legitimate community cooperative and not just some person that you know, wanted to open up their home to, you know, to travelers. Um, so everyone that we work with uh, has, you know, chosen to be a part of the tourism industry. Uh, we don't impose this on, on anyone. W- what we're doing is we are... Uh, providing a resource for all these communities and, and regional and local tour operators to expand uh, their customer base. And uh, we're also providing, you know, modern booking technology options for these, uh, you know, destinations. So people can book through our, through our platform, makes it a lot easier than finding a 
foreign phone number that you have to call potentially someone answers or someone doesn't answer and if they do answer maybe they don't even speak your language so how do you communicate i think the key to that is what Aton mentioned that these communities are over the moon to welcome travelers you know we we've sent a lot of people to these communities and i literally we've only had rave reviews because there is such a connection, even between sometimes, you know, families that go, their kids with the local kids. You know, it, it's because these families have decided to move in this direction, to start this business, they're so welcoming. You know, they welcome you into their home um, and, and, and really go above and beyond to, to make you feel comfortable. Yeah, and I'll just add one, one more thing. Over the last couple of years, you know, I, I've done a lot of research on the ground uh, all across, you know, pretty much up and down Latin America, presenting local and talking to, you know, our, our partners on the ground. And uh, I have literally gotten 100%, uh, you know, like we want this. Like every single community I've ever met with, uh, has told me that, that there is a need for, for local and that, that they want to be a part of our platform, um, which just reinforces that we are, you know, doing something that, uh, you know, fills, fills the need. Well, I can tell you, I want to be a part of it, too. And I have, you know, in exploring your website and seeing all these amazing opportunities that you provide that are, like you said, it's like one-stop shopping. I can I can get a, a full description of uh, what the adventure is about or the trip is about and the cost. It's all right there. It's easy to to read and and understand and tell us again the uh, link there to get to your website yeah so it's www.lokal local spelled with a k localtravel.com l-o-k-a-l-t-r-a-v-e-l.com and uh, Marilyn, I wanted to just add because we barely even touched on the fact that the other thing we offer on the site is sustainable logic. So we vet these community experiences, but we also know, you know, people are going on vacations and sometimes they don't want to give up their, you know, W hotel style bed or, you know, a really, you know, luxurious uh, portion of their trip. So we have also partnered and represent uh, hundreds of eco lodges all over the world that offer really, you know, everything from high-end to kind of mid-range uh, lodging options uh, where you can know that you're, you're staying at a place that's helping protect the area. What, what's really magical, especially in places like Costa Rica, is that the, the lodges are just a part of the forest. So, you know, you wake up to the sounds of the howler monkeys, you know, at dawn. You, 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 you know, if you leave a banana out on your railing, it will not be there in the morning. You know? Oh, yeah, that sounds wonderful. Well, thank you both for being on the show today. And, you know, like I said, I feel like we need to do this again. So let's talk about that. And There's so much more to cover. And I'm going to encourage everybody to go to the website, check it out, and and 
watch this documentary. I can't thank you both enough for being on the show and keep on doing what you're doing. You are inspirations to so many. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. You bet. You bet. This is Marilyn Ball. Go out and have a wonderful week. And remember, don't postpone joy. 